Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning. It's nice to have you with us. Thank you for joining us this morning. I trust that you've had a good week and everything is going just fine with you. We do have the government shutdown here in the United States, and we're praying for the people and trusting the Lord to work things out for us. But uh, we are indeed living in perilous times. And today we're going to be talking about end-time events that lead up to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we can prepare in these times to be ready for that event. That's going to be a great event, a great event indeed. And many people are going to be caught unawares. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I'm most certainly getting prepared that it won't happen to me. We need to realize the signs of the time that are upon us. And you know, the Lord said, that when you see these things beginning to happen, to look up because your redemption draws nigh. So this is not a bad time for God's people, but it's a very perilous time for those who do not know the Lord. And so I want to talk today about some of those events that are coming to us, that some of them have been for some time, But the thing is, when we start seeing all of these converge together, then that is the time that we realize that we're closer to the Lord's coming back. When God comes back, things are going to change rather quickly. And the truth of the matter is, we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to return. And so... The Lord has said to be ready at all times because of that. So uh, one of the things that we're seeing today that has been it has taken place for some time, and that is the return of Israel. When Israel returned to their homeland back in 1948, that was the beginning of the closing of the prophecies that led up and lead up to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Daniel, and uh, I have my Bible in my lap, so from time to time you'll see me look down, and I'm looking down at my Bible, because there are so many things today that have been talked about the end times and things can get rather confusing and they get more confusing the farther we get away from the Bible and start speculating on our own rather than letting the Bible interpret itself. So we want to look at the Bible and see what it has to say and then we'll know for sure and we won't have to be frustrated and confused as to what's right and what's wrong in this matter. So, 
we see in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great parents, which stands for the children of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was, never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be written in the book. So there will be a time of what's called Jacob's trouble. And at that time, we'll have many perilous times, as the Bible also tells us in Second. You might want to get your Bible and look at these various scriptures. It says in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So we know we're in the last days when perilous times come, dangerous times, when things are getting more dangerous by the moment. And so we see that this is one of the signs of the Lord's coming back, is that when Israel is going to, it also talks about Israel being surrounded by armies on every side. And then we know that the time of the Lord is drawing near. God will not allow the Israelites to be wiped out. As many People would like for that to happen, but it won't happen. We can be assured that God is taking care of the children of Israel. They are God's chosen people. They'll never be otherwise. And even though many of the children of Israel today do not know the Lord in the way that the Bible says that they need to, yet God is protecting his people. He is protecting Israel. Anyone that stands up against Israel will find themselves in a pretty precarious situation. We've seen that happen time after time. And we've seen it throughout the Bible. That any time that someone thinks that they're going to wipe out Israel, they find out rather quickly that that will never happen. So Israel will be here when the Lord comes back. You can be assured of that. But another thing that it says that God will deliver those people that are ready for his coming. The Israelites, that is. You notice in that verse 2 that many shall sleep in the dust of the earth. That means they'll be dead. And And it says they will awake. That means they're going to arise. And some to everlasting life. And then it says some to shame and everlasting contempt. So when Jesus returns, there will be a resurrection. There will be a rapture of his people. So this is another thing that we need to look forward to is that the perilous time will not be forever, that the Lord will come and 
it will be at that time when it seems like there's no hope for the world, that the world is in such a mess that it's just destined for destruction. At that time, the Lord will come because he also says that he will shorten the days because if he didn't shorten the days, no flesh would be saved or no one would be saved. That's how perilous the times are going to be. And we've seen things happen before. We've seen dictators rise and we've seen them fall. But we've never seen things as bad as the Lord says will happen before his coming. Why does the Lord allow these things to get so bad? It's because of his mercy. He's waiting for people to turn to him and be saved and be prepared to meet him. And so God has allowed a lot of things to happen so that we will have time to get right with him. And there must be a time when we are prepared to meet our God. It isn't automatic. We have to take steps in order for that to happen. So what are the, some of the signs? One of them is that down here in, in uh, Daniel, again, the 12th chapter, and that chapter, which we're going to turn to, says that uh, in verse 10, says, Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Those that are living for the world and the devil will not understand what is going on. They'll realize that there's something not right, though, but they will not know what it is. And they'll be caught unaware if they're not prepared to meet God. Like I said, the Bible tells us that we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to come back. So we must be prepared all the time. But it says that many shall be purified, made white, and tried. So the trying of our faith, and I'm talking to Christians, is not to destroy us. These perilous times, we're going to go through them. A lot of people would say, well, we're just going to get out of this. I wouldn't be so sure of that. And I'll show you why later on in this uh, show that we're having today. But I just wouldn't be so sure. I think it would be better to be ready. And if the Lord should come and take us out of all this bad stuff before it really gets bad, so much the better. But if he doesn't, we better be prepared for the worst. It's better to be prepared for the worst and get the best than to be prepared for the best and have the worst and be totally confused as to what's happening. So be prepared for whatever is before us. And God does have a plan and a purpose, and it is in an appointed time when the Lord is going to come back, and he does know when it's all going to end. But we don't. We can just see the sign. And one of those is, Many people are going to really know God 
with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and there's going to be a division. You're not going to have to worry and wonder who's a Christian and who isn't, who's following God and who isn't. There will be such a contrast between the two that you'll know which one is and which one isn't by the way that those people are living. The Christians will be a loving kind of people that will be out there trying to help everyone that they can through these hard times. The wicked will be the ones that are creating the hard times, and we'll know which ones are which. But it says that the wicked will not understand what's, excuse me, they will not understand what's going on, and they'll be creating the havoc the perilous times by their selfishness, their pride, and their their proud and wicked ways. Those are the ones that are trying to get God out of everything. Those are the wicked people that are fighting God's people. And in the last days, those perilous times that's talked about, Christians will not be treated very kindly. They'll be persecuted everywhere they go. Now, Christians are being persecuted right now in a large part of our country. Um, not, I know, I mean, not just our country, but other countries of the world. And it is starting to help to happen in the United States as well. But it, it will only get worse until the Lord comes back. We can be, uh, we can know that. So when it does get bad, don't get frustrated. Just draw nigh to God and let him take you through this time until he comes back again. So another thing is that knowledge will increase, that there will be an increase of knowledge that the people in days gone by wouldn't have even have dreamed of. And we see that happening today, that there is a great increase of knowledge. And then there's another thing. The Bible says that the wicked will do wickedly, but that God's people, the saints, will do exploit. God's people will be doing great things for him at the time that he comes back. Another thing is that... Uh, we need to take a break here. I noticed that uh, it's 15 after in my time. So we're going to take a break. And this is Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. I trust that what we're saying today is going to help you to get prepared for the coming of the Lord. And uh, we've been talking about some of the things that we need to be looking for to realize the closeness of the Lord's coming. But we also know that he could come any time. That the scriptures that I'm talking to you uh, 
about today have already been fulfilled. And so the Lord could be here any time, so we need to be prepared all the time, as I've been talking about. Now, one of the things also that we'll have in the last days are a lot of people who will be professing that they're God. They'll be professing that they are uh, Christ, that that they are Jesus, that he's come back. But the Bible tells us that it's not going to be someone standing up and saying, I'm Christ, or a false prophet getting up and saying, uh, Jesus is over there in such and such a place, go out and meet him. It isn't that kind of a thing at all. Jesus is going to come from his throne down here. It's going to be an instant thing, and you're not going to have to go out to some uh, place and find him because he's not going to be there. And But there will be many false Christs and false prophets and they'll say, uh, I'm the one you've been waiting for. The sad thing is, if people do not accept the real Christ, then when these false Christs come, they're going to accept those. And it's going to be a, a sad day indeed for them when they do. But false Christ is one of the things that we find in Matthew chapter 24 that will be happening, and we see a lot of that today. Anytime that we follow someone else that's against Christ, against the Bible, against God, against everything that God stands for, that's an antichrist. And that's what these people are that are professing to be Christ that are leading you away from the real, true Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ that died for you, that you might have life and have abundant life. The one is sitting on the right-hand side of God now, interceding for you. If you follow some of these others that are professing to be the big one, the great one that you're looking for, you'll be sadly mistaken, and, and it will not be a pretty picture at all. So don't follow these false cries that stand up and say, I'm Christ. I had one person in a place that I was at, and and it was in a rescue mission, and I had preached, and I had talked to this fellow afterwards, and he said, I'm, I'm Christ. I'm the Lord Jesus. And I said, well, that's something. Show me the prints in your hand. Show me the place in your side where that you were speared. Show me your feet. I want to see the nail prints in your feet. Needless to say, he couldn't show me any. But the man was deceived in thinking he was Christ, and that was several years ago. And we have all kinds of them that stand up and say, listen to me and I'll lead you in the right way. Well, you listen to the Bible and you'll be in the right way. But don't listen to everyone that comes and, and says that I'm Christ because there's not going to be any such a person as that. Jesus is the only one, and he's the one we need to be looking for. Another thing, it says that nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
that there be wars and rumors of wars. And don't we have that today? And that's been going on for a long time, too, hasn't it? And then it also says that there will be famines and earthquakes, pestilence, and these will be in all different kinds of places, in diverse places. And so we'll see these in places where they don't normally show up. There is places in our world where earthquakes and things like that take place on a regular basis. But there are other places where it doesn't happen like that. But in the last days, you'll see earthquakes and all these things happening all over the place. It'll be a, a time when there'll be a lot of natural unrest as well as spiritual unrest. And tells us that uh, also that there'll be, a, at this time, Christians will be persecuted worldwide. We see this beginning to happen as more and more uh, people are trying to chase God out of everything, out of our schools, our businesses, our governments, everything else. And as that happens, naturally Christians have a commission from the Lord to keep talking, and and uh, so Christians will be persecuted and treated as though they're the problem. The thing about a tyrant, they always have to have a scapegoat. It used, more times than not, it turns out to be the Christians and the Jews that are their scapegoat. We saw that in Hitler's day. We saw it in other times, and that will be what will be happening at, when before Jesus comes back. God's people will be hated and despised all over the world. They'll be treated as though they're the problem, when really they have the answer to the problem. The real problem are the wicked that are stirring up things. You know, in order for a tyrant to really be able to do his dirty work, he has to keep people in a state of confusion. And so we'll see that happen as well. We'll see things that are in a state of confusion. And if people would think normally and have time just to sit down and think things through, they would realize what's really going on. So in order for that not to happen, there is a state of confusion that that grips the whole world. Now, this is worldwide. This isn't just something that happens in a corner somewhere. It'll happen all over. Another thing is that the, the gospel of Christ will be taught in all the nations, that everyone will hear the message that God loves them and has a wonderful plan for their life, that they can be free from sin and darkness, that they can have a personal relationship with the Lord, that they can have a personal loving relationship with Him, and that they can have that every day, all the time, and that they can trust God for everything in their life, that He is going to take care of them, and things like this. Now, on that kind of a note, why would anyone want to be mad and disgusted and want to finish off Christian? And yet, that's what their message is. 
loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So why would anyone want to fight that? It's because the wicked hate the righteous. They hate God, and they can't stand them, so they try to eliminate them. But there's also that that we find, and God warns us more times than not that we need to look out for the false prophets, for people will stand up and say all kinds of things. And we have that today. People call themselves Christians, and they're doing all kinds of wicked things. But apparently they like the name because it has a good sound or something. I heard about a person that was wearing a cross. And, you know, the cross represents Jesus dying, and and uh, the cross is empty because Jesus rose. And someone asked, well, are you a Christian? I see you're wearing a cross. And the person said, no, it's kind of a nice thing. I just kind of like this. It wasn't that they were really a Christian, but it was kind of a look pretty. And so, you know, uh, not everyone that calls themselves people that love God really do. And so we need to be discerning. The Bible told us back there in Daniel that I wrote, read to you that the wicked won't understand, but the wise will. Now, the wise people are those that fear the Lord, that respect the Lord. Because the Bible teaches us in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. So when people really fear the Lord, that is when it's part of, that's part of it. We're, we're ready for a break again. So this is Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. This is Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. It's nice to be with you, and I trust that as we go through this that you'll learn more and more. Uh, maybe some of you know all of this and and more, too, and you might even know, anticipate some of the other things that I'm going to talk about. But you know, one of the things that is happening today that makes it even more uh, a possibility that Jesus is coming back soon is the great falling away of the church that I touched up, touched on a little bit before we went to our break. But the Bible tells us in Second Thessalonians chapter two. And beginning at verse number one, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together to him. So he's talking about the second coming of the Lord. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by the letter as from us, as if the day of the Lord is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, 
who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sets in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So we have the great falling away. And so Paul is saying there's bad things that are happening today, but don't be upset on that. These are just some of the things. But he says there's going to be a great falling away. Now, this was at the time when the the church first came. And maybe the people were wondering, well, how could that happen? Because at that time, the church was very close to God and was doing exploits for the Lord and everything else. And it was far from being falling away. We find out that down through the centuries after that, the church has fell away and came back and fell away and come back. And we've seen this, you know, kind of a repeat. But in the last days, a lot of churches are going to go into what we call apostasy. They're not going to be preaching the gospel that I mentioned to you before. They're going to be preaching about everything else. A lot of them will kind of take parts out of the Bible and say that this is mythology or this is that or the other. And I heard a story about one church like that, and and there was one person in the church. And so every time the pastor would say, well, this doesn't apply to us or this is mythology or something like that, he just cut it out of the Bible. Time came when the pastor was going to be going and go to another church. So this fellow came and he said, well, before you go, I want to present your Bible to you. And so he presented this Bible to him. It was only the front and the back cover. And so the pastor said, well, this isn't my Bible. He says, yes, it is. Because every time you said something didn't belong to my Bible, I took it out. And here's what's left. We have a lot of people that are doing that. But the, but we do read in the Bible, and Jesus said it himself, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. So as hard as people may try to do away with God's word and have some other way, and if there's any other way except the Lord Jesus, then it's the wrong way, it's the false way, and the, that way people fell away. They fell away from the simple faith that says that through faith we receive the blessings of God when we accept God's way rather than our way. There will be that great falling away. And then it talks about the man of sin. And we, as we, if we go to uh, Revelation, I really have more information than I could give you in one setting here. But we go to Revelation, we find out more about this man of sin. And actually, there's two of them. There's the Antichrist the false and the false prophet. And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter, I mean, Revelation, in Revelation chapter 13, says that that, uh, John was standing on the sea, looking out, you know, he was a fugitive in on an island out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the sea. And he was standing there, and all at once he saw this beast rise up out of the sea, and he describes the beast, and 
says that the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. So the dragon, we know, is Satan himself. And so this person is devil-possessed, and it is a person. And raised out of the sea means that he raised out of a turbulent time when there was no law. It was lawlessness. Everyone was a law to himself. That's what it's talking about when it's talking about coming out of the sea. You know, the sea just kind of, any way the wind blows, that's the way it goes. And so this is what it's talking about on that one. But then we come down to another one, and this one um, says that um, he comes out of the earth, out of the So it's an established thing. So what would be established that this this false prophet would be coming out of, and the false prophet builds an image, and so on and so forth. You can read it in in uh, Revelation chapter thirteen more clearly. But we have this false prophet that is prophesying concerning the beast, the first one that comes up. And he is telling people, that's the one, follow him. And then just says, now, if you don't follow him, be off with your head, so to speak. It might be literal as well. But, you see, this is another thing that we're seeing. In order for the Antichrist to show up, there has to be this lawlessness. And there definitely is a lawlessness today. The Bible tells us that it'll be as it was in the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, there was this lawlessness. Everyone did what they wanted to do. It was even worse than that. The Bible tells us in Genesis that men were evil continually. They were thinking evil continually. And we see this happening today as well. So this is another sign of the Lord's coming and another end-time event that is happening that there's this lawlessness. They don't want to follow God's law, so they follow their own. They go their own way. They do their own thing. And how many do we have that like that today? I've gone around and I've visited with people and, you know, talking around in my neighborhood and everything. Oh, yeah, we'll go to church. Uh, glad. Thank you for coming over and, and telling us about it. And on and on they go. And, and I walk away. And I've been in the church long enough to know that they may be or maybe not. That may, they may or may not end up coming into the church, you know, and uh, joining us. Because there's this thing, well, if I have time, then I'll take time for God, but I'm too busy doing all of my things to worry about this thing of the church and and so on like that. So there is this great falling away. So many people, they go to church and they, they don't find exactly what the Bible says either. So we have that to contend with as well. But my idea is that if you don't can't find a church, 
may we start need to start a house church. There are ways of worshiping with God and his people. But there's this great falling away. There's the Antichrist. There's the lawlessness, which is what, what it was in the days of Noah. And so when people go against this, this lawlessness and things like that, they become the enemy of the people who are driving this. And we have this very much today. And a thing that that uh, we used to call it a perversion, it's still a perversion. And another thing is that in the last days, there would be a time that it would be like Lot. And Jesus warned of this back at the time when that really wasn't happening that much. And, and you know, it hadn't been so long ago that that this kind of a lifestyle was considered to be a criminal offense. And if people were caught, they were thrown in jail for it. But now it's gone completely around, and it's a hate crime if you even say anything about it. So some people are thinking that I'm being hateful today. But the only, if you see a person heading for the fire and you try to help them to avoid it, that's not being hateful. It's being hateful if you just let people go the way they want to go and they end up finding themselves where they don't want to be and no way of getting out of it. So I'm just telling you that this is one of the signs of the time that's leading up to the time of Christ is this perverted lifestyle that has perverted sex, has perverted family life, and everything else. And this is not an accident. It's part of the Antichrist spirit that is upon our country right now today that doesn't want to follow what God says, doesn't want to say do what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, they went one step farther. They decided they'd have their own Bible. And how many people are like that today? We have translations that are far from God's Word that someone made up and, and they say the Bible plus this. No, it's not the Bible plus this. It's the Bible plus zero. But so they didn't like what was in the Bible. So what did they do? They made their own. They called it the Queen James Bible. Now, whether they did that or not, that doesn't change the original text that was written by the Holy Spirit and was for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and everything else that the Bible says it is for, and it is for. So people cannot stand up and change the Bible like that. We're we're ready for a break again. This time's really going fast. So I'm Howard Eugene Wright at Rivers of Living Water, TalkZone.com Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright Welcome back This is uh, definitely perilous times that we're living in and and uh, Jesus could come back at any time that we've been talking about. So what are some of the characteristics 
that brings on this rebellion against God and against His Word and His ways and people going out and doing some of the things that I've been talking about. And we find that these are worldwide. Uh, some of this was just localized, but now it's being kind of like uh, preachers and and Christians going out and evangelizing the world for Jesus. Some of these are going out and taking another gospel and evangelizing the world for the world, the flesh, and the devil, so to speak. So what are some of the things that are happening that desensitizes people's conscience? Because the conscience can be the guide of our lives if we don't desensitize it. But the Bible tells us in the last days the love of money will wax cold. And so because of that, there must be a reason for it. There must be something that's driving this. And I'll just tell you right out of the start on this part that the thing that is driving it is the devil himself. He always has been against God, and he always will be. And he'll never change. He's not going to some way get saved like some would like for you to think that the devil's going to be a nice guy and he's going to finally say that he's he's been wrong all these times and he's going and everyone's going to be saved and the whole world's going to be nice and no that's not the way it is we've got to straighten up our lives or our lives will be a mess and there's no way of getting around it because God has made us to be that way that we make the final choice as to whether we'll go with God or not. And so in the last days, it tells us here in Second Timothy chapter 3, and talking about the perilous times, it said, men will be lovers of themselves, of their own selves. So there will be a lot of selfishness. Everyone wanting what belongs to them and some things that don't belong to them. They want that too. So there's selfishness. And then there's covetousness. Like I said, they don't really want what belongs to them. They want what belongs to themselves, someone else as well. And then there's boasters. Look what I've done. The idea of the self-made man, you know, and things like that. And and I sure have uh, made a great life for myself, and I've made a great life for my family. And, and look what I'm doing in the, all these social groups, and, and just boast, 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 and not give God any glory for working in his life and helping him to be a better person and things like that. And then proud. They're, people are proud today. They're proud of this, they're proud of their race, they're proud of their face. And uh, many times in the midst of all this, they become a total disgrace. But still, they're proud. And proud, being proud, is what brought the devil down. He said, I'm going to be like God, I'm going to take God's place. And the Lord threw him out of heaven because of that. But the sad thing was, he ended up here. But pride is actually the basis of all sin. It's it, it's sin that 
that germinates every other sin. So blaspheme. They are blasphemous. They say terrible things about God. They make the Bible uh, something that it isn't. And Jesus, talking about Jesus, uh, mate, you know, and things like that, which is far from what it really is. But they're blasphemous. They stand against God and his word and against people as well. They're disobedient to parents. And we've even seen it to the place where they've killed parents. Children have killed parents. And they're unthankful. All the good things that they have in life, they're not thankful for them. For one thing, they might have thought that they got it themselves. But those things can be taken away from us as quick as they can be, be gotten. And they're unholy. They're they're not living a pure life. They're living an impure life. They're living a life that's anything except what God wants us to be. They're, uh, it's a filthy, dirty life that they're living rather than the pure, holy life, the clean life, the separated from the world, the flesh, and the devil, the life that is through the Lord Jesus when he sends his Holy Spirit and cleans us up and makes us new creatures in Christ. And they're without natural affection. How much do we see of that today? When uh, the natural thing is, is to protect your children, protect your wife and your family and things like this. And yet we see people that are aborting their children. And they're, that's not a natural affection. The natural affection would be to care for your children and to look forward to them coming into the world and thinking about how that you could train up that person in the way of the Lord and things like that. But there's no natural affection. When a person can watch people being killed in cold blood and then go out and do about their own business as though nothing happened, there's something wrong. And I think a part of the reason why we have natural affection that's being taken away from us is because we see so much on television of people, dead bodies laying around and things like that. And after all, after a while, it doesn't seem to make any difference to us. And we can be desensitized, you know. And so we need to keep sensitive to the needs of others, to things that we do that they glorify God, and all of these kind of activities so that we will have natural natural affections. But one of the traits is going to be that they'll have they'll be without these normal natural affections. Then they'll be truce breakers. They'll tell you they're going to do one thing in one breath and do just the opposite. So they're they're truce breakers. False accusers. We're seeing that happen right now, today. No one wants to take the blame for the government shutdown. Everyone wants to blame the other person. And as long as they can blame someone else, then they don't have to take responsibility themselves. And wanting to throw things on the American people that would be a, a big burden to them and yet fight to the finish 
and not be willing to get rid of, of that avatross that's around people's heads. They just want to keep it there. And so they're, they're false accusers. They're accusing the Christians of being the problems and things like that and accusing us of being terrorists because we stand in front of, of uh, abortion clinics and try to get people not to have abortions and, and that kind of a thing. We might stand on this street corner and try to get people saved and uh, we're the problem. Yes, we're the problem to the devil, but we're not the problem to the decent people. And then they're incontinent. It means they're, they're just uh, without self-control, that they don't seem to be able to control their emotions. They don't be, seem to be able to control their anger. And they get in, in a rage when people cut in front of them in a, on a road or something like that. And um, they're traitors. And, you know, the Bible has something to say about a traitor, and it, it's not a good thing. And so these people are traitors. Anytime that you go against what you're supposed to be doing, our nation has a constitution. And if people go against that constitution and they start mistreating and abusing people, then they're traitors. And that's an impeachable offense. They're heady. They, they just, uh, you know, they just think, boy, I'm just the greatest person in the world. You're, isn't it wonderful that, that you got acquainted with me? And they're high-minded. They are, you know, uh, sorry that you're on the low class. We're up here on the high class, and and uh, we're we're sophisticated and whatever whatever sophistication is. And then they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And don't we see that today? This been some of these things been going on for a long time, but they're getting worse as they go along. And then it says that that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of it. And so these things, the, it tells us to turn away from these. The Bible tells us to turn away from them. We're coming close to the end of our program, and I trust that some of the things that I've been telling you today will get you to thank you and get you to going into your Bible. There's so many things here that I could talk to you about, and I've just scratched the surface, but I've touched on some things that we need to be thinking about and we need to be doing. So um, this is Howard Eugene Wright, and I'm signing off with uh, Rivers of Living Water at TalkZone.com. See you next week at the same time, same place. Have a wonderful day. 